Welcome to Live Sense 8. I'm Sheila Applegate. And I'm Zach Hansen. And a special shout out to Justin Applegate for the composition of the Live Sense 8 podcast music. In this podcast, we dive deep into the concepts of consciousness and other interesting trivia in the Netflix original series, Sense8. We're doing an episode-by-episode exploration of how we can live a Sense8 life, and we're also talking with cast and crew and team members of Sense8 to hear the experience from their perspective. Enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Tracy Wright, Conscious Parenting and Living Coach. She's shining clarity with compassion and understanding. You can find out more about her on consciouslyawesome.com. We also have Marisa Dranchak, Conscious Life Coach. Discover how vibrant life can be. You can find out more about Marisa at myconsciouslifecoach.com and Divine Phoenix Books. Books with a purpose for a positive change. Check out Divine Phoenix Books at divinephoenixbooks.com. In this segment, we talk about what's going on in the world of the Sense8 fandom. We had some disappointing news this week as we found out that the San Francisco Sense8 mural project had been canceled and our donations refunded. We have Maximilian Ewalt, who plays Grace on Sense8 and who helped tremendously with this project, here to explain in a little bit more detail what happened? Welcome, Maximilian. And as we get started, I just want to thank you for all the time and effort and heart that you put into this project. I know you are as heartbroken, if not more, than everyone else. Our love is just enfolding you as you share with us this process and help people understand. Thank you so much, Sheila. That means a lot to me because it has been very, very hard, very hard. Maybe one of the hardest things I've ever done, actually. Yeah. Because people were depending on it and and hoping for it. So I can attest with the process from the outside a little bit that you absolutely tried every avenue and just worked beyond humanness to try to make this happen. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to try to explain the obstacles that we came up against to give some satisfaction to the people whose heart were in this from the beginning and who feel a little shaken by it. So, so the issues had to do with business, liability, and insurance. From the very beginning, Deirdre and I had a verbal agreement. It just happened seamlessly. I had this idea, talked to some people, do you want to do this mural? Yes, find a what? I mean, it just, it was just this beautiful progression of events that led the way. But it was all on a verbal agreement. And then we 
agreed to collaborate on Kickstarter to raise the funds, and I was the public face for that because I had the connection to the fan base and Deirdre did not. So this agreement that we had unknowingly put us into a business relationship. So we fell into what's called a de facto partnership without realizing it. This happens to a lot of people, a lot of art projects. Artists are not known to be great business people. I've learned that myself as an actor. We have to learn to learn the business, and it's just as important. So, so by that fact alone, you know, without realizing that that's what we had, we found out that in the, at least in the United States, all business relationships carry liability risk, and they're usually minimized by buying general liability insurance. And in this case, that kind of insurance would pay for business-related bodily injury. We had scaffolding that was going to go 30 feet high with cars below, people going back and forth. You know, people could fall. There's property damage to consider, as well as what's called accidental copyright infringement. So you really have to cross all your T's and get this understood and clear in order to get the right kind of insurance. So we knew insurance was going to be required for me, the artist, painters, scaffolding, property owner, and everybody was going to get their own. But after we got funded and started to look into the insurance and to, to buy it, we first learned that the artists were unable to get adequate insurance for the risk. They could get what is, where they could protect themselves and it could protect third party, like if you dropped a can of paint on somebody's head and they sued you, it would cover that. However, it would not cover me. I could not get any insurance. Um, their insurance could not add me as an additional insured because my role fell into kind of a legal limbo. I was just the public face. I was putting the dots together, as I had said before. But it turned out that it was not that simple. So I had to get legal advice, and I spent $1,500 of my own to get it. And after much back and forth with the, the attorney, who was great, and working with all the facts that were before us, the final choice that we decided on was that I should form an LLC, which is a limited liability corporation, because only then can you get this kind of policy, a general liability policy that will cover for these kinds of important risks that we had for this project. So I started the process for myself. And before I started to create the LLC, I started applying for the insurance because that's my main reason to do this, was to, to get the insurance. And I chose an LLC as a project coordinator because I got the lawyer's advice to help me figure out exactly what my position was, what my job was. And he helped me write it up in a way that would be the most easily insurable by an insurance company. But this job balance, it was not a neat, typical category, and it was very time-limited. There are no such policies for this kind of a, a job, at least in the capacity that I was in it. So it was a kind of a limited position and a limited time. I couldn't go through with creating the LLC for myself. In addition to that, 
we had that was causing delays in starting and in addition to that i was advised by the lawyer to really get written authorization from all the parties for any trademark or copyright authorization such as the quote or any form of the quote the likeness of the images and the title sense 8 I had no doubt I was going to get it, but it became complicated because different groups buy the rights to different parts of it. And I found out through Netflix that another party had bought all the rights to season one. So I had to contact that person to get the rights to the quote, I am also we. I was in the process of that. I found the person. I found the office. I sent emails. I talked to the staff. He had not gotten back to me when... He had still not, he's still not gotten back to me. But I, I know that eventually I would have gotten it, just persevering, but it was going to take time. I was also going to have to contact all the agents of all the different actors to get their permission for that. So it was going to take, be a delay, and we didn't know how long it was going to take. And, but the biggest issue was the insurance. If I couldn't get insurance, then I was really not in a good situation. So this time shortage and unknown delays, we learned something more at the end that was, that was rather important because we didn't know how long this, these delays were going to take. And if we were going to cancel the project, we found out we only had 60 days to do so from the time we received the full funding, which meant by September 15th. And if we did not do the refunds by then, we would not have been able to use the Kickstarter platform to do the refunds. We would have had to make personal arrangements with 293 people all over the world to return their money, and this would have been an incredible amount of work. So we ran out of time because of that to find solutions to do it at this time, and hence the difficult decision that we had to make. I was crushed, and I still am crushed by it. However, I believe it has paved the way. It has cleared the path for certainly what not to do in the future, <laughs> at least here in the United States. When you do a project of this size, you have to have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed and research, 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 especially in assessing your risk and finding out what kind of insurance you need and if you can get it. That's the most important thing. My suggestion for anybody going forward would to be to find what, whoever you work with on Kickstarter or whatever platform you use, and it's still a great platform, form an LLC together with this limited liability corporation. You have to think about what it is you're doing so that you all are covered under the general liability insurance. That's the first thing. And make sure that however you have it written up, you'll be able to get that insurance. Possibly you could just do it that way. I personally would go find um, a nonprofit to work with, or you could form your own nonprofit. That's a little bit more complicated, though. Then get an agreement with a nonprofit mural organization or artist organization that would be willing to take on the project. And you sign an agreement with them, and they have all the general liability insurance to cover you. 
the reason you want to work with a nonprofit is that they have all the necessary general liability and coverage to cover everybody, including volunteers, everybody. And that was what we could not get. I know that Susanna posted a message on Facebook that she is moving forward with some projects in Europe. She has been in contact with you, correct? So that all of this for her or for anybody moving forward in the future, getting all of this done before the fundraising so that there isn't the time crunch. Is that the difference for people in the future? Absolutely. Get this done before you even do the fundraising. Get your written agreement all done up. Have it as clear as possible. I would even get legal advice. Mm-hmm. That's me, though. Right. And then go ahead and get the copyright um, taken care of ahead of time, just because yeah. you don't know how long that's going to take. Exactly. I learned things like, you know, even if you take a a piece of a, uh, of a sentence or like there was a, a person who, you know, the company LinkedIn, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. they took the E-D-I-N at the end and added their own thing instead of LinkedIn. I don't know who, who knows. It could have been banked in or whatever their company was. And they got sued. Mm-hmm. They got sued for just even using E-D-I-N. Right. So this isn't personal to Sensate. It's just all of us having to take a a fast track master course in legal business issues. Absolutely. (laughs) I think one of the concerns that I've heard is that people may be afraid to there's people like myself, I'm I'm all for donating, moving my money right over to the next project when the time Mm -hmm. is right. Mm -hmm. But there is some hesitation of donating again and and getting hopes up again. But I think that what I see is that you have really paved the way so that we can breeze through many more of these. So there's a lot of things that Susanna and others moving forward can take from your path in order to really implement the next one in a very smooth way. Yes, that, yes. and I, I feel that's definitely true because you do not want to fall into these these. These these traps, it's it's it can ruin your life. <laughs> it really can. So there are other solutions that I see. Keep the design simple, where you don't need scaffolding if possible. I was thinking even this is just my own idea. If people who do these murals maybe form uh, some kind of organization so that they anybody involved under this this organization or whatever, nonprofit or whatever it's going to be, gets the right, the authorization to use I am also a we. We could just use that, the I am also a we, all over the world, translated in many languages. Mm. And it could be, it could be as, you know, simple or as complicated as I am, however you want to do it artistically. But also, if, if people can find a wall that's not so high, where scaffolding isn't involved, that greatly reduces the risk. But there are solutions, and I also thought of here where I live, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to, I keep my eyes open, I will ask questions, I will help people with anything that they 
might want to know that I, that I can give them. But I was thinking of like City College here in San Francisco, a community college. If maybe the college would want a mural project for a class, you know, like maybe there's people, you know, an art class or something, and they could do a, this mural mm-hmm. at, at, the, at a school. And then they would have all the liability insurance to do it. Right. But I do see other ways, simpler ways. And I don't know the laws in Europe, but I, I think Susanna is more determined than ever now to follow through because of this. And there's a lot of interest in Europe, a lot of interest in Europe. And I know she's learned from this experience, too, what she needs to find out and is not going not going to take uh, any chances. So so I think that's all a good thing. That's a silver lining, and it's going to help people, you know, not fall into the same trap. Yes. Yeah, so, Maximilian, thank you so much for all you put into this. I know that it really consumed much of your life for the last several months, and your heart and your soul has infused into the universe that this is going to happen. And I have complete faith that all the work that you put into this was not in vain. We raised the money once and now more people know, more people will understand the process. And I believe we will have a global Sensate mural project you just formed the garden for it to grow. <laughs> so Thank you. I also just want to add that Deirdre and I both added to the funds to make sure that the backers get 100% of their refunds. I just wanted to let you know that. So because some money had been spent on it that couldn't be refunded, so we filled that gap. Hopefully that relieves some of the sting of it. But as I said before, this was a labor of love, but I do not see it as love labor lost. Shakespeare play. <laughs> um, all is not lost. All is and not lost. And I also think that I'm thinking of Grace's quote. She says, there's more going on in this world that we don't understand than all the things that we do, and this was certainly true in this case. And the more you learn, the more you realize there's more to learn. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why keep it simple. Keep it simple. That's my big advice going forward. Advice for Sensate Mural Projects and advice for life. Yeah. Thank you, Maximilian. You have done so so much, and thank you for being here with us today and sharing in detail for investing your time, your money, your effort, your heart, your tears, everything that you invested into this. And to everyone listening, please have hope and know that this is just the beginning and that Sensate murals will be popping up around the world before we know it. Sensate is going to live on. It always does. It, it, it will rise again. It will. It I have will. no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Sheila. Thank you, and Maximilian. And thank you, everybody, everybody who, who donated to this project. I love you all. And we love you. We are delighted to have City joining us from 
Sri Lanka today. Siddhi is a Sensate superfan and campaigner. You may have recognized her from one of her many articles written about Sense8. There's at least 20 out there. Siddhi is a freelance writer and blogger. Her blog is Media Rants. She is one of the administrators of the Sense8 Fandom official Facebook page and a member of the I Am A We campaign. Siddhi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Hi, Siddhi. We're so happy to Hi, have Shiva. you here today. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so you yeah. are one of the ultimate super fans. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you earned that. I say that. I guess I can't deny it now. <laughs> you cannot now. Although there are a lot of super fans, I would say, with Sensei, there which are. is pretty cool. Yeah. So can you yeah. share us a little bit about your story? How did you, like, let, let's hear the background of when your world changed from Sensei. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I was one of those people who watched it in 2015. Uh-huh. Like the first week it came out. Because I meet a lot of fans who watched it quite recently. So, right. Yeah. We did, too. So, we actually were waiting for it to really? come out. Yeah. Yeah. We knew wow. it was coming. And we were counting down, actually, for a year before waiting for it to come oh out. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's good to know people. Yeah. (laughs) And we got a warning because it came out. I I think it came. Well, it either came out in Australia ahead of us or they just got to us before. But they so we went into it with get past episode three. (laughs) So. Oh, which I was glad you had like warning. We had a warning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So one of my friends in Canada is the one who told me about it. Uh huh. She told me that Lana and the other time and Tom Tickwer in uh, Tickwer, right? Yeah, from mm-hmm. Cloud Atlas was involved. I didn't know the name. I didn't know the premise or anything about that. But when she said those three people were involved, I was like, that's the dream team. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're making a TV show. I'm there. Like, I knew it would be something amazing. Right. But since it still surprised me, like, in how much how how different it was from anything i've ever seen yeah i yeah i agree with you and i i was so hopeful going into it and it exceeded my expectations yeah because i think the first couple of episodes you're trying to figure out what's going on right and yeah and just because you have i think even now even after all the tv had we've had in between 2015 and 2018 people are still finding it difficult to kind of just understand what's going on because it's still, it's still very different. There right. is still nothing else like it. So yeah, if you run yeah. into any of those people, just let them to let them know about the podcast so they can follow along <laughs> yeah, with us. I know, right? Right? <laughs> we'll help yeah. them through. We'll take their hand and help them through it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I watched it. Um, I loved it immediately. I think it was, Episode four that really just cemented. Okay, this is this is gonna be one of those shows that I'm gonna be obsessed about. Yeah, I think the most important thing it did for me was it talked about people who are sensitive mm-hmm. and people who feel, and that 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 was okay, you know. Right. For the first time, like people who feel sensitive, people were the superheroes, and that was life changing for me. Right. 
Right. And that that is part of their superhero versus, oh, here's this rough superhero. But here's the no, ping yeah. of he's sensitive, so we can all love him. You know? yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, because I think in other shows, in most shows, the prerequisite is, you know, suppress your emotions. Right, right. Power through, plow through, just get it done and leave the emotions for, you know, after the credits roll. Or something like that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so this was, this was like the most, I mean, because, I mean, as you know, sensei fans and sensei characters cry all the time. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. We cry watching it. They cry making it. It's, it's so much crying going on. But it's so validating for people who do cry all the time, like me. So, you know, people who are moved easily. So, yeah. That was the biggest deal for me about Sensei. So, so the first impact was really that it was something new. And I want to get into a little bit more about your background and your blog, because you were clearly aware of the artists involved. And then the recognizing of the sensitive being a gift. Yes. Did you start writing new. about Sensei right away? No, I did not. No, okay. I... I I set up that blog to write movie reviews. Uh-huh. So I had two up at the time. Okay. And I did not write about Sensei. Because, I, I, I mean, back then I just did that as like a side project. I wasn't really, you know, if I watched something really interesting, then I would write about it. But it was mostly for movies. Uh-huh. So I didn't do that. The first article I wrote was when we got Lana's letter saying, we're getting the two-hour special. Mm-hmm. That was the first ever Sensate article I wrote. Nice. Um, yeah. And that was because I wanted to remember that moment. Right. I wanted I wanted it on paper. So, yeah. What but a that's profound what moment. So that was like three years after the fact. <laughs> and after the cancellation and after the temporary renewal, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's after that that my blog kind of became all about sensei there's nothing else on there anymore i no actually started another reviews? blog oh, okay. <laughs> i started another blog for the other things because there's, because there's no room and i think people who come there will be disappointed to find anything other than sensei <laughs> so, we actually yeah. started at that same time that's when we yeah. actually started the podcast was around the same time as we I think we got started not knowing if it would renew or we'd get the um yeah the special yeah. and then it came out right as we were oh, wow. we were starting to launch so did you connect with fans were you in the first campaign that helped that happen yes yes I was the thing is, I didn't know any uh, sensei fan besides the my friend who recommended it to me uh-huh. up until the cancellation I knew one other sensei fan and the things I would tell people to watch it, I would ask people if they watch it. They had never heard of it. It was this obscure show that I watched by <laughs> myself, which is common right. in my experience. So it was weird because nobody had ever heard about it until it got canceled. And then that's when I met other fans, got on Twitter, learned how to use Twitter and, <laughs> you know, kind of, yeah. Looking so for some I, group therapy, yeah, like, just like everybody else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so yeah, yeah, I was there like retweeting at a rate for that first month. Yeah. Which is why I wrote the article because I've never had something like that happen to me ever. I don't think anything like that. Ha- I mean, there's got to be similarities for people, but I think that this was mm. such a unique experience. Which I is... know because you go into it just hurt and disappointed and wondering if this is ever going to work anyway, right? Because right. you've never done this before, first of all. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I remember when it got canceled, I literally Googled, how do you bring back a show that's been canceled? Wow. And Yes. And there were like maybe two or three examples, but ne- not none of them were Netflix. Uh-huh. They were all NBC or some other channels. And they had come back for a little while, but they were canceled again. And there was no rule, like handbook for how what you do when this happens. And especially when you don't know anybody else who's who's as disappointed as you are. So that was amazing. Just finding everyone around the world and doing something together for what seemed like years. Right. <laughs> it was only a month. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was, I've never felt so, I don't know, empowered by, you know, just people coming together and doing something and working for something they believe in and it actually working out. Right, right. That's so exciting. And did that lead you to having, I mean, I assume from that time you still have some really close friends that you created during that first month. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jonas says, you know, pain binds us closer together than pleasure or anything else right so yeah so there was the first sensei fandom friend i made was um scott gatty okay uh yeah he was the first he was the first one who actually replied to something i tweeted uh-huh. or something like that and yeah and peter aaron's kate i didn't have the guts to approach <laughs> um, was Kate know, scary so, to you? There were so many. We all fangirled. <laughs> because she was so good. And I don't, that's the thing. I mean, we didn't know how to tweet. And what do you say in a tweet? What can a tweet encompass? And, you know, so it, it was such, it was a lot of trial by error trying to figure this out. But I think when you care about something, you learn the skills you need to have you know, yeah, for get sure. something done. Yeah. So, and we still do that to this day, you know, we're learning video editing and, you know, all kinds of stuff just for Sensei. Yeah. So just bringing boarding from that, what are some of the, can- so let's start with you. You're still campaigning. You're part of the group oh, yeah. that is still campaigning for season three. Let's talk about that, your passion for that and why you think it's so important Because it kind Mm -hmm. of, I think, has been a split. There's some people that are just like, I mean. They're okay with the special. They're okay with the special. There's also people that are kind of aggressive against you when you do your work about, which it seems like, okay, why not just let people do what they want to do? But but why do you feel it's so important? And why are you dedicating so much of your time and passion to continuing this campaign? First of all, I think it's good to remember that we didn't campaign for a two-hour special, mm-hmm. even in the beginning. We campaigned for a full renewal of, of like a whole news. I mean, at least one season to like properly sum up the stories. So 
the, the goal has always been the same. But and the other thing is, Lana has publicly said that she has written season three, mm-hmm. and she's counting on us fans to make it happen. So that's also a huge motivating factor. Uh-huh. And also the fact that we are the only show that has ever come back from the dead in Netflix <laughs> on Netflix, because so many shows get canceled, still get canceled all the time, but none of them have come back, not even to sum it up, not even for a two hour special. Right. So we are, we are in uncharted territory right now. And <laughs> I, I mean, I have a lot of new fans asking me, are you sure we can get season three? Will we get it? Kind of like looking for some kind of guarantee. Uh-huh. And the thing is, we, because we are in uncharted territory, we can't say no or yes. So I, I would like to think there's a chance. Mm-hmm. But you I can definitely think. say it's worth a try. Exactly. Yeah, why not? If you want it badly enough. And the thing is, there are enough people who want it badly enough. Right. Because... Yeah, because I think Martin's video that was released a few weeks ago has like nearly 300,000 views already. That's so awesome. Yes, because we put Sensei Season 3 on the title Mm -hmm. and people are like, is this happening? I mean, mean, all they have to do is just announce it and the world would explode. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't work like that. Right. And there's a new petition going around that got over 7,000 signatures in a couple what was it over 7,500 last time I checked okay and that's in like a week or so right yeah that's in a very short time thing is we've what happens is there are so many so many petitions and different fans start different petitions that's how it gets kind of convoluted and divided and you don't know which is real and you know you've signed one and so but this is like the like the most recent and the, all the major fan accounts are behind this. Okay. So, yeah. So this is like the one unified petition we've come up with okay. in recent times. Yeah. And it's important that everyone get on board. Right. And we will definitely yeah. include the link to that again in this. Thank you. Um, in yes. the post. Yeah. For this episode. Yes. Good. Uh-huh. Awesome. So, City, do you have a favorite character or one that you resonate with the most out of the show? That's hard. Isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. Because I think anyway, in in most shows it's hard, but in Sensei it's just near impossible. But if I had to pick, I'd pick two, I'd say Will and Wolfgang. Pretty much, you know, I think two sides of the same coin. But yeah, those two for me most of all, I think. And Riley. <laughs> so, <laughs> like three. Um, so those eight most of all are the ones. Those eight most of all. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking about is that the cluster is a character within itself. So yes, technically, true. we could pick the cluster because. Zach and I joke all the time about like being multiple people <laughs> inside of our one being. So <laughs> we're all fragmented, right? Exactly, not, and I think that that is yeah, that's part yeah. of the beauty is that it cre- that the cluster itself creates a whole being that we can relate yeah. to. Yeah, and they all fight as one. So exactly, you know, they, they all do. help each other. Yeah, nobody's acting alone. So do you relate yeah. to Wolfgang the most is because you're a mobster? 
Is that, is no. that oh no? Okay. Because you just shot down a bunch of people the other day, killed your uncle. You know, you know the drill. Everyday stuff. Everyday stuff. Cracking safes. No, well it's Will and Wolfgang. Right. So together. Will for you know, for all the qualities that we love about Will. The you know, the whole savior complex. I have a bit of that. Um Wolfgang for the rage. <laughs> so, <laughs> for the pent up rage. Yeah. Yeah. Of being the same. <laughs> so. so, how do you vent your rage? Uh, so you don't kill people? <laughs> I don't kill people. <laughs> Is that what your blogging does for you? <clears throat> yes. Yes, in a way. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, probably, I probably don't vent, which is why I like watching movies. Because you get it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. gets like, to yeah. do everything you wish you would do, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Most of the stuff, including the murders. <laughs> but, <laughs> because I think, you know, he, I mean, he's had a really rough childhood. Right. And so it's, you know, it's justified that someone would turn out that way from an upbringing like that. So, yeah, I, mean, I think I'm that one of the yeah. other cool things about the cluster is because they do have access to the understanding of their background, they un- there's less judgment. Um, yes. Where yeah. when we walk around as little human beings, we don't have that access all the time. And then that's, it's easier to judge people. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But no matter our whole, what our childhood was, there's a part of us that was hurt. Because just being human is kind of hurtful. It's hurt. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you are, if you have, I don't know, if you have, if you're just empathic by birth or if you're just somebody who had a rough time or, you know. Because for me personally, a lot of people ask me if I, you know, for whatever, if I was emotionally in, in a bad place, they ask me what happened to you. You know, mm-hmm. as in there should be some major incident that happened in my childhood or in my past that would justify this kind of emotionalness. Right. And frankly, there isn't anything. But life, everyday life has, you know, it leaves a dent on you and it doesn't have to be huge, abusive or anything like that. If you're picking up on everyone else's energy and if you're just generally a feeling being you right. know being human is hard yeah it's rough yeah yeah it's rough it is it's, i mean it's, it's got rough. it's good stuff but yes Th- that's the thing it's rough but i think sensei it's one of those shows that kind of tells you it doesn't have to be rough all the time right right you know that especially get- on your birthday yeah. Yes. <laughs> you get the birthday yeah. off. That's right. You get to party the hard. Dance <laughs> yeah, it's rough because you think you're alone. That's why it's rough. Right. Most of, yeah. Knew there were other people in it with you. You would feel less isolated. Right. So, do you feel less isolated having connected with the fan base? And have you met? Yeah. You know, now you've met people around the world and. Have you met anyone oh, yeah. in person? What has your experience been? Oh, I have not met a single person oh. <laughs> in my life. But but the um, the Sensate app, oh yeah, crew, uh, uh-huh. they, are, they are planning a 
annual meeting and it will be here in Sri Lanka. Oh, cool. Yes. So I will finally meet some of these people <laughs> who I talk to every day. Yes, that would be great. That yeah. is so, so cool. Now, is it in Sri Lanka because I'm here you're hosting no. <laughs> it or no? Okay. It just, it's how did it end up there? Convenient. What? I think they're going to have a different city every year, but they picked Oh, that's uh, so here. cool. Yeah. I signed up yes. for the app, but I have to get back and actually hang out over there. I haven't done that. <laughs> I also go there every now and then, just see what's up. I can't really help out there because I'm not tech savvy, uh-huh. but I just go there and talk to the, the guys, and they're really awesome, and that app is going to be amazing when it's finished. Oh, cool. So yes. That's awesome. Very cool. And yes, I definitely feel a lot less alone. <laughs> I don't feel alone at all. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. Now, yeah, yeah. Now that the is here, <laughs> <laughs> now and in different people, time zones as well. So, did you did you adjust your life to match the multiple time zones? Because you're up really late to do this interview. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate no. that. <laughs> no, not super late. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we did Poorab yeah. in the morning, his morning, so it was late for oh. us. So this one was the right. other way around. <laughs> Same thing never stops. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Because most of most of the fandom is up around this time. I'm kind of alone in my time zone. Right. Their, That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, if you stay up later, you have more access to the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I, I do something in the morning and I, then, I, then I get a reaction like 12 hours later. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I know I didn't really know your time zone because you seem to be on when I'm on. So, good exactly. job. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Maximilian thought I was American. Right. She. I remember yes. she said to us, she's like, did you know she's in Sri Lanka? <laughs> like, I know, right? No, I did not I'm know that. I lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was so sweet. Isn't she a sweetheart? Oh my god! Yes, she was amazing. I cried like the first ten minutes. It was so pathetic. But <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that she was talking to me, and I was like, "What is going on?" But yeah, but she was so sweet, and she really is a lot like her character. Isn't she? I mean, there's slight differences, but not many. Like where I don't even know. It's I it's. I don't even know where she ends and where Grace begins. <laughs> I don't think she knows. <laughs> She's so beautiful. She <laughs> that's is. exciting. Now that's a big thing. Then so that was the first okay. actor or part of the cast or crew that you got to speak with. Yes. Yes, like actually talk with. But right. the first, uh, like the major interaction was with Brian. Okay. Uh, what was he that? He liked my article. He liked your article? Nice. Yeah, and he shared it. And yeah, that was like the first. Yeah, Brian's ever. good like that. He is. Yeah. He's, He's amazing. Sweetheart like that. with that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. great. Uh-huh. So you write the articles for your own blog, and then you also write for Netflix Life, yes? Netflix Life and uh, What's on Netflix. And what's on Netflix. Okay. And you've had Sensate articles on both of those as well. Yes. Yes, I have. What is their relationship to Netflix? They're fan-based and not uh, directly not, related? Neither or is there of those a... are related to Netflix at all. Okay. So, so it's Netflix a... Life is a part of fan-sided. Okay. So 
What's on Netflix is also a, a private website. So there are a lot of websites that report and kind of uh, have their own, just basically the entire website will be based on what's screening on Netflix mm-hmm. and reviewing it, commenting on it, letting people know what's leaving, what's coming and things like that. So, yeah, but they're not in any way affiliated with the actual company. So did you write for them prior to Sense8 or was Sense8, no. your articles with Sense8, your first ones you submitted? And yeah, they... so I, no, I didn't actually, like, I wrote the blog. I had the blog for about a year. Then it was actually Peter Ahrens from the fandom uh-huh. uh, who connected me to um, Casey who works for uh, What's on Netflix because they wanted one article that was going to come out as before the special came out. So they wanted someone from the fandom to write that. Yeah, so I wrote and that, that and that's how they said, okay, you can keep writing Sensate stuff. Awesome. So I, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how many articles have you written for those um, For Netflix Life, only one because uh, that was, I split the interview I did with Maximilian into two articles for both websites. Uh-huh. So Netflix Live only the just the one, but okay. what's on Netflix about five or six, I think. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And have you gotten and a great, great response? Yeah. Like, has that expanded your outreach to the fan base? I think so, uh, but at the same time, I think everybody who's anyway interested is already on Twitter. So yeah, that I think there are new fans who who read my um, articles on what's on Netflix and get what's going on in the fandom because right. like the mural and the birthday rewatch stuff like that right but i think the hardcore the people who are anyway in the fight know have you know they know the information anyway so what campaign projects are you working on now and how can fans support this process okay uh the main thing right now is the petition uh that's one of the major ones going on right now and we are collecting clips for uh, Sora Miano's um, YouTube video that's coming out about Sensate. She's a YouTube reactor, and she's going to make a video about Sensate and its fans, and we're asking people to send in clips of them talking about how much they love the show. So those two are the two current things going on. We have other stuff coming up later on, but I wanna, I don't want to say too much about them because we haven't figured some stuff out yet, but people can help move things along by just keeping track of what, you know, what we announce, uh, the dates, and when there's activities going on by taking part and doing things like that. It doesn't have to, like, take up all of your time. Just, you know, just participating is huge. Yeah, and um, spreading the good word. (laughs) Spreading the good word. Exactly. Yes, because that's that's a huge uh, obstacle we have in the Sensei fandom, in that a large percent of Sensei fans don't know what's going on with campaigning and activities because they're on Facebook. Right, and, and now you have the Facebook. You started a new Facebook group. Facebook. Yes. Uh, yeah, we actually converted an old uh, existing Facebook group that used to belong to the I Am We campaign, okay. which they generously gave up 
because they are, because we wanted to reach out to the fans on Facebook because a vast majority of them have no idea that there's even a fight for season three. Right. And that's just not fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, because other, because the most of the, um, I'm not saying every single uh, other group out there, but most of them will not let us post campaign material. They will block those messages. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's, it's not fair that, even those who might want to join the fight can't because they don't have the information. And now this is a public group, so yeah. people can invite. Well, you can, yeah, you can view the page even if you're not a member, which and is then, great. And but we can, can people invite others to join? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So that would they be can. a way to go find. Then say fandom official. Ask to join, and you will be approved. <laughs> yes. And then absolutely. invite your friends. That will help yes. to get the word over there. And I was even thinking of spreading the word to people who haven't watched Sensei, because I think the continuous... Yes. One of the things for me, I mean, I think uh-huh. another season would be just awesome, but yes. regardless of that outcome, because we know we're going down unknown territory... It is yes. so essential to me to keep people watching it so it, it yes. remains available for generations yes. to come. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So because it's yeah. still undiscovered. Right. People still don't know the show exists. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy because it's three years since it's been released. But people are discovering it every day, and you get the I'm late to the Sensei party tweets. Right. Which I love. Right. They come out all the time. (laughs) They come out all the time. They're like, what happened? And, you know, and and those fans are the most likely to join the fight because they've just seen Sensei. And they're like, I need more. Right. This can't be it. (laughs) Yeah, and we're seeing people's lives continue to change all the time. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Ultimately, I think people, even people who are satisfied with um, the special, I think they should all understand that none of us are fighting for eight episodes of entertainment. You know, there are other shows. There, there's stuff to watch on TV. But right. Sensei is not just a TV show. It can change your life, and everybody deserves the chance to be moved and be empowered by Sensei. Agreed. And, yeah. I, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what we're fighting for. Awesome. So how would you say you live the Sensate life? You know, we talk about that. This is, you know, well, you told us you've seen nearly or listened to nearly every episode. So you really are a super fan here, even of Live <laughs> Sensate. So you know this feel. But basically, it's all it to us. It's also about taking it off the screen and even out of yeah. the fandom. And how does it mm-hmm. impact? Is it impacted you as a writer? Has it impacted your personal relationships outside of the fandom? Do you see yourself yeah. different in in society? What's What's happening with you living yeah. the sensate life? Uh, well, in in my writing, definitely, because it's made me a more, I think, a more authentic or honest writer, I think. Mm-hmm. Because before I would have cared about, I mean, I would have spent a lot of time thinking about how what I write would be perceived and whether I should put certain things out there. But because of the kind of fandom we have and, and what sensate is in general, just, you know, it's about being who you are and that you're enough and that there's nothing wrong with you. So because of that, I'm, I'm more confident in what I have to say, even if it may not be popular. 
mm-hmm. or you know widely accepted it's made me a more authentic writer for sure beautiful and yeah and i think with relating to other people i think because i i i think i used to be quite judgmental or i used to be quite negative and nihilistic and you know kind of I, there's no purpose to anything what's the point anyway apathetic kind of person mm. so so for me to have and to see someone and to think you know maybe they're going through something maybe i shouldn't judge them maybe i shouldn't you know project whatever i'm feeling onto them and just that's that sense of like you know brotherhood or you know it's bigger than me and my little life that kind of thing i i get all the time even if i if i if i do get angry or upset about something i think that's someone else's journey too and you know that it's weird for an empath to be more empathetic because of sensei. <laughs> well, no, actually, I'm really glad you said that because that's not weird because yeah. I think that, you know, and I was I was thinking about that as you were talking. So you talked about being just a human at child was kind of hard, not because anything was wrong with your life, just because you were yeah. so empathic. And a lot of people like you described who were shut down and kind of cold, that's a defense mechanism to being very empathic. So Uh to then actually, even if some of it was subconscious, um, to be given the tools on how to be empathic in a healthier way that doesn't consume you allows you to embrace that again. So it makes perfect sense. Yes. Yes. Because the the issue with being empathic is that like everything's got its volume turned on so loud. And most of the time you're just trying to avoid collapsing or being overwhelmed. You're just like, can I just have like you know, five centimeters of space around me because everything's like kind of encroaching on your space and you feel assaulted by it almost, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Sensei changed my perspective on that that, 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 that that's not a bad thing and that I don't, A, I don't have to take on all that. Right. Right. But at the same time, I don't have to be mean about it and be like, you know, that's your stuff. This is my stuff. And, you know shut down completely like which is what they want you to do which which is perceived as a strength the ability to shut down right and not feel and just carry on so yeah so it's weird it, it's strange because you think you're empathic you think you've got this feeling stuff down and, <laughs> and then you're like oh maybe i wasn't doing it right <laughs> the whole time <laughs> oh wait there's more there's more there's more feeling. depth to this yeah, and there's more feeling, and, and that's the other thing. You, you get the feel-good stuff as well. Right, because, right. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> I think we miss that when we're empathic, because we're all about the, oh, no, because like, the <laughs> negative stuff is so much louder. But, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, I, having you know worked in the field of spirituality, and prior to that, clinical therapy. So as a clinical therapist, we were taught to be empathic, not uh-huh. not sympathetic. So empathetic, oh. empathetic versus sympathetic. Sympathetic, yes. So we yes. were trained to be empathetic and that was prior to empathy, like the 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 sort of trend of everybody talking yeah, about being empathic. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. um 
And I, yeah, I tend to get frustrated with a lot of the, you know, when things become a buzzword and the way people talk. And so I was really frustrated with talking about being empathic because almost every article is about how hard it is and how you protect yourself (laughs) and you know you do this and you do that and I'm like no you're getting it wrong you can't the more you try the more miserable you're gonna be but like so it's just so cool that a show they didn't have to preach it to you you because you probably read a lot of the you know you were exposed to you can't you had the books right (laughs) right and you know maybe preaching wouldn't have taught you that but then the show comes along and they don't even have to tell you they show you and your life changes I love that that's like you can tell when I get excited yes it's so true because that's why when I'm trying to recommend it to someone I'm just saying Trust me, this is going to change your whole life. And I know people say that about a lot of stuff, but this is actually true. (laughs) Because, I mean, I mean, because we've all, I mean, I have the self-help books. I have the, you know, I've Mm -hmm. looked for the answers on how to fix what's wrong with me and, you know, be a part of society and fit in somehow and carry on and not fall apart all the time. But... That's just the completely wrong approach. Exactly. And, yeah. And it's weird that we needed Lana to tell us that. Because <laughs> you know? like, I always, I think we talk about this, this a lot in the fandom, that is, since it is so spiritual. Yes. That every, every episode is like a lesson. It's like, you, it's not, I mean, there's so many layers to what's going on. It's never just the plot or what someone says and yeah it's it's so spiritual on so many different levels it is that's what's great is because it shows us that we empathy isn't outside of humanity and neither is uh telepathy or spiritual experiences or connectedness and so that's the great thing is that we just get to see the the whole spectrum of what it means to be human instead of trying to yes. separate it all out and then feel terrible because we about separate those things out. About all of it. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yes. And because it's done through art, our defenses uh-huh. are down. Mm-hmm. Like fiction we're, is yes. so powerful. Yeah. We're not, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not, not prepared to fight or defend it. We're just observing it and it changes mm-hmm. us. Yeah. It's just so. Yeah, because, I mean, I was so cynical. I mean, you, you know, you couldn't argue with me about stuff because it was like, I, because of the place I was coming from, you know, it's it's a place of being hurt and being ooh, overwhelmed. And one of my favorite movies was Fight Club. Uh-huh. So, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that movie, but it's a very apathetic movie. Right. right. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's basically about you know, there's no purpose, might as well blow everything up kind of place. <laughs> so to go from that to I think I'm going to like work for like, you know, get season three now. <laughs> oh, I think there's more to Fight Club than that, but we won't get into no, that yeah, here. Fight Club's an amazing I mean, movie. I still love it. it yeah. yeah, it is. It is. But it's, it's pretty, still pretty dark, you know, because I, yeah. I used to love, and you know, it's kind of, sucking up all the darkness. I mean, war right. movies, prison movies, 
any mood. I mean, it was, I, I saw, I kind of got solace out of seeing suffering because I felt like, oh, these are people like me. They're feeling, you know, right. I know that's like kind of twisted. No, but I think a I, lot of people do that. That's why we yeah. have that trend. I mean, that's that. why there's so many yes. movies out like that, yes. right? Yeah, it's, yes, it's very... It's that, oh, it's like life sucks, but there's nothing I can do about it. So I might as well mope and be sarcastic and, you know, bring everybody else down. It's, it's coming from a place of hurt, most right. of all. It is, yeah. yeah. It is very yeah. interesting to me how humanity is developed so far into a place of living vicariously through our movies mm. and stories, which really don't have any real basis on reality, if you ask me. At all. You know, right? True. And it's just so ro- romanticized and idealistic and, and all these things, yeah. but yet we relate through it and we just kind of try to live through these things instead of embracing Being out what's there. exactly what's what's it's just interesting to me how we've developed yeah. because i think it's it's the replacement for real life right because we're we're kind of afraid to do any of that stuff in our lives so we we watch yeah. it we live through characters and we kind of like we channel whatever energy we have into that and that's enough living for us like that's about <laughs> as much living as we can handle the rest of the time we're just going through the motions Right. There's a lot of instant gratification in doing that too. Just in, you know, yes. imagining or like feeling that through oh the T V show, right? So you don't you don't have to worry yeah. about like the time it yes. takes <laughs> to go do all that and you can get drama. a whole lifetime done exactly. in an hour. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because I used to do that a lot. I used to live inside my head a lot. Like I mean it's a form of escapism, but I love like just imagining stuff, making stuff up and just because it was safer in my head, because I couldn't control what was happening in my environment. So, so then you become, you know, more prone to do that. That's not a way to live or anything like that. But that's how then you replace it with movies and music and, you know, certain ideologies and things. And you can get completely sucked down a, a black hole without even knowing it. Yeah. Because you're just looking for comfort. Which is yeah. also why... Sense eight is such a miracle. Like, and I don't. I I think it was divinely inspired. Like, I think Lana mm-hmm. and everyone involved is beyond amazing. Wow. But I also yeah. think that part of that is, I don't think they even consciously knew in every moment that the decisions were made how That's much so impact. Um, and like, we go back mm-hmm. and we see all those little tiny things and they're so huge. And I know a part of them knew, but I think yes. it just flowed. Yeah. And even some of the actors and people that were involved say, you know, mm-hmm. like this is the most Lana has surrendered and let go of control and just went with the moment. And yeah. so much of the magic happened in that. And the reason I'm springboarding into this is because this is leaked off the screen. So, yes, we use it still got the violence. It still has the imagination. It still has the escapism or the living through other people. And yet it's penetrating more. Yeah. It makes you want to get up and do something about your life. (laughs) Right. And and people actually are. It's not even just a wanting to like it's. It's leaked off, and there's this blurred line between art and reality. It's that supra-consciousness where the sum is greater than its parts. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. 
And it's all, and, and isn't it always like that where you, when you're involved in something like that, you just don't see the big picture, like, you know, because before um, Sensei, there was Cloud Atlas, and she kind of took some of that into Sensei, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they, they're so connected, right? Right. To, yeah, the uh, eternal recurrence, and, you know, we're all connected from womb to tomb, all that. And then Sensei is this whole other animal on its own and you don't know while you're in it what your part is because I felt that in the fandom as well because I, when I first joined I was just following along what everybody else was doing I didn't, ha- I didn't think I would have anything to add to anything mm-hmm. you know I was just pretty passive you know I didn't know there was anything else to do but as you go along you kind of see why you had to go through what you had to go through to get to where you are yeah, so you kind of see the big picture way after you've, you know, you've kind of completed it. <laughs> so I think it's the same for Lana and everybody, too. Did you ever imagine that you would be here, like, so connected to a I, fan base, meeting the people involved? And... I would not be talking to you, Sheila. Right, <laughs> right. I would cancel on you. Like, oh, like you would have just canceled. Before. I thought like we wouldn't I, have met. <laughs> but you would have stood us up. <laughs> Got it. You would have had met. I would agree to this. And then I would be like, oh my God, I can't do this. What the hell? No. no. I used to get like, uh, like you know, I used to get like a kind of buzz when people canceled plans on me. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, I have to go. Yeah, that's an introvert, and I I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I have to stay home now. <laughs> yeah. So no, none of this. My life right now. I mean, I know it's it's kind of silly as well because I haven't really. I mean, you know, I'm a part of a fandom. It's not really a big deal in the great scheme of things. But my life is completely different from what it was a year and a half ago. And strangely enough, the cancellation kind of brought everyone together, too. Right. It it actually was an obstacle to overcome in the plot of the life of Sensei. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's amazing how that also kind of worked in its favor, that... All these people who were on their own loving the show was like, oh, wait, wait, there are other people and we can do something together. Yeah, and- I don't think we would be here today. Thanks, Netflix. Yeah, thanks for canceling <laughs> Netflix. Now you can reinstate yeah. it. We learned our lesson. We're all set to go forward. <laughs> <laughs> Everything <laughs> is in the highest good. <laughs> we get it. Is. it. <laughs> What about the people in your life outside of the fandom? Have they noticed a change in you? Well, first of all, they all say I don't have enough time for them. Um, (laughs) And they're all like, are you like meeting the cast? Will we be invited to the premiere? I'm like, it doesn't work like that. And I mean, this is what they assume. I mean, first of all, uh, fandoms and... um, cosplaying, stuff like that is not really big here. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't have that, but it's, it's mostly, you know, teens, yeah, really young people who are involved in fandoms and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. So it's it's a bit of a, I mean, my friends know because they love Sensei too, but they are not campaigners. They'll, like, do stuff when I ask them to. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but um, you do have your friends around you that have been converted I, to the good yes. news of Sensei. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
But what about your personality? Do they have they been able to mention a noticing a shift like in your openness and the way you're responding to people? Yeah, because like I'm because I generally they all recommend um, my previous movie tastes. Like you know, oh, there's a there's like World War Two movie coming out. You have to see it. You're gonna love this. <laughs> like it looks so harrowing and depressing. <laughs> and and i and, and and sometimes I will actually give it a shot. And I'm like, I didn't like it as much. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> I have like a book. I have a cupboard full of books and movies I would probably not watch now because it fed into something, you know, that I needed a long time ago. And right, right now, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in that place anymore. That's so, so cool. That's so I awesome. know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say, once you go sense eight, you never go back. <laughs> That's what they say. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, which is this is why we need like more people to watch it. We do. We do. We should go out on the street corners. (laughs) Well, there's a um hugs from mom campaign that and I meant like so there's some a pride parade somewhere, I think near the army base here, and they were promoting to have hugs from moms to give people hugs. And I was like we should go and we should pass out Sensei. <laughs> like, we should hug him and then we should give him a brochure to watch Sensei. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's weird because that happens when you're, like, out, like when you're a campaigner and you see any kind of social gathering or any kind of where people are going to be, you know, like, crowded together. You're like, how can I promote Sensei here? <laughs> like, how do I get them to talk about Sensei? So, Sheila just yeah. nailed it. So anybody out in the fandom, if you want to make a printable brochure oh, that you, you can go. pass out and put we on all the doctor's offices. Oops, we have printable. We have got you covered. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so if you send us a link, we'll put that in the blog posts associated sure. with this episode. <laughs> we keep all the stuff from our previous campaigns. So in case we need it, you know. Right. So, yeah, we have a lot of promotional material. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you you really have done a lot. Like the, I mean, I don't know who is doing everything. You know, where everything gets divided up, but there's just so much being done. No, yeah, we all do it together. That's the beauty of it. Because, I mean, not nobody's doing anything in isolation, and I don't think anybody can. Because uh-huh. I can you know, put out an idea and tweet it out myself and nothing would happen. Right. You know, yeah, because um, there's like a whole group in in your part of that, the brainstorming group and the main accounts. It's such a joint effort, even if it's just one post or there's like three people working on it. That's that's what I love about the whole campaigning thing. It's, It's a lot of fun, too. Because it's it's like working in this office that exists on Twitter, you know. Right. It just, you go in, you clock in, and some people clock out when you clock in, and you pick up where they left off. It's it's really cool, and and it's something you love, and you know, it's sensei, so it doesn't feel like work. So yeah. And it, it's, it's funny because it reminds me of political campaigning, but it's almost uh-huh. like it's beyond that. It's like okay, yeah. everybody else, you you 
you know, politics are important, but let's get past this to the global yes. shift. You know? yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I mean, so true. Because it's so ahead of its time. Right. That's also part of why it was canceled and, it, you know, it, that it doesn't have the audience or, you know, doesn't seem to be perceived as having the odds it does because it's still so ahead of its time. And if you look at everything, everything else on TV, you see why. Right. Because they're not there yet. And it's kind of hard to shift people. I mean, if they watch it, they will definitely be shifted, but it's hard to, to get them to watch it in the first to place. To watch it because then they're like, oh, because I've had, have watched it who were like like oh it was too emotional or you know oh like I need to set aside time because I'll feel bad like I'll feel emotional afterwards and even that seems like work to them <laughs> so like, they like the passive experience of just watching something just mindless going on screen and being like okay I've had my dinner right. done right you know yeah yeah yeah, that kind of entertainment. So when 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 something gets inside you, it makes them very uncomfortable. I'm like, bad. Like I don't want to feel stuff. So, uh, <laughs> so there are those people, but most people, I mean, if you're human, you will love Sensei. So. If, you're you're not, yeah. <laughs> oh, if you're not a robot, I was gonna say, and if you're not human and you're here, you will love Sensei. <laughs> All you aliens out there, you will love it too. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like AI. I'm thinking of Haley Joel Osment. He would love Sensei. Teddy <laughs> <laughs> Bear. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you, City, for being here and for not standing yes. us up. <laughs> we appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share before we end today? Um, I would like to tell everyone to keep fighting, not to give up, and to remember that this is the age of renewals and reboots, so I don't see why we can't be a part of that, because, hello, it's Sense8, <laughs> and, um, and I want to thank everyone in the brainstorming group for working so hard every single day for 18 months straight, and all of them. I just love them so much and I'm so grateful to all of them. I think there's about 33 or 4 and we have new people coming in all the time and if you have ideas on how to promote Sensei, get Netflix to listen or anything, we are all ears. Please DM us. Awesome. Yeah. And just shout out your Twitter account. Yeah, uh, that's at City Nickhead. S-I-D-D-Y-N-I-N-I-C-K-H-E-A-D there we go. <laughs> uh, we'll also include that in the blog. Well, thank you, Sidi. This has yes, been thank you very much. so fun to be with you and thank to talk you, with Sheila. you. And thank you for all your hard work that you do for yes. Sense8 and being and part everyone. of the fandom yeah. and stepping up. You? And <laughs> we appreciate it. Really hard. Awesome. Thank you, Sidi. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, City, so much for being on the podcast today. I got to give a big shout out to Miss Sarah Applegate, the official editor of the Live Sensei podcast. And thank you very much for tuning in with us and spending your time with us here today. We would really appreciate your help over on patreon.com forward slash Live Sense 8, where you can become a member and 
participate in the growth of this show by becoming a member over there. And you can also pick up some exclusive perks, extended content, and even classes from Sheila and Applegate and myself on how to live the Sensate life. Other than that, thank you very much. Until next time, stay connected.